0: Do, 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 do Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 435. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, we are going to be talking about intersectionality. Correct. Which is a word you've been using for a while now yes and uh i watched the clips that you are going to uh, have me play and i'm now more knowledgeable good so I'm so glad hopefully our uh, audience our listeners our friends out there will also become more knowledgeable about the term intersectionality mm-hmm. um i don't think we have any uh, events to promote Mm-mm. do we
1: no summer baby
0: summer baby i'm um, promoting summer so
1: um let me just get started
0: because I have two quick takes. Oh, sweetie's got it. I need a soundbite for a quick take.
1: I know. I'm not really a big fan of those two words, quick takes.
0: You know, you're you not?
1: No, but I think what I have to share that it's basically that's what it is. Let's, So is. Let's hear it. Okay. So the first one is, uh, so yesterday, today, we're taping this on a Monday. Yesterday was my middle daughter's 13-year-old party women's circle. And what oh. is that? That is... Um, when there is a girl in our family who turns 13 or goes into this young adulthood, you know, teenage world, um, we or I, because Todd, Todd actually was able to come for a little bit cause he watched the video, but, um, I invite over, um, all the women in her life who love her. Um, many of them are family and some of them are friends and we sit around and we read a letter to her About a few things. Number one, about her and who she is. We each
0: write a letter. We
1: each write a letter. Yes, it's not one letter composed by all of us. Each of us write from our own perspective. Um, And we kind of share information about how we see her and our experiences with her and memories with her and also what we hope for her and, you know, just giving our women's wisdom. Because, you know, the thing is, is it's not about the party and it's not about, you know, dressing up and having food, even though we did that too. It's about taking a pause to focus on supporting somebody who is growing up and and taking a stopping in time and saying okay here's here's what i see that's wonderful about you and here's some thoughts that i have from my own experience and from you know possibly things that you'll deal with and confront, here's some ideas for you. And, you know, here's some quotes and here's some books. She got a lot of books and my mom got her this lovely book that I'm actually going to buy for myself. And, um, and everybody in the group or everybody, um, you know, who's there at the party knows my daughter really well. So it's, You know, not only does she, she loves them and she trusts them, but they know her. And so they give her lots of really good feedback, lovely feedback about what a terrific person she is. So I just feel like what I see, because this is the third time I've done this. We did this with my niece, Maddie, my oldest daughter, JC, and then yesterday was Cameron's day. What I see is that their feet just get more firmly planted on the Mm -hmm. ground. That's kind of what I see as it's happening is it's not about, okay, this party will allow them to never have problems. (laughs) It's not not going to happen. happen. Um, What this is, is they're more firmly rooted in the earth, in community, and in themselves. So when things happen, or as they grow, they have at least a sense of self. And, you know, this is, we we don't do enough ritual for our
0: kids. We really don't. It is lost in our Western middle, upper middle class, whatever society. Correct. Especially, you know, you and I are not huge churchgoers, which is rich with ritual. Yes. And but
1: that's what I do love about church right. for the times that we do go right. is I love ritual. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so I think out of all the things that you and I talk about or do as parents, this 13 year old party is is one of the best things. And I, yeah. I think every girl and boy, by the way. Yes. Deserves Because basically what it is, it's like a, you know, for the sake of sounding like ritual, it's a blessing. Yes. Uh, and a prayer. Prayer. And it's wisdom. Like here's the, the blessing is this is what I see in you. Mm-hmm. So she heard all these strengths that mm-hmm. she has. And then she also uh, heard from these amazingly powerful, strong, smart women that they, that she can go to when she doesn't want to go to her mom, Yeah, which is going to happen. Yeah. And she got all these other ideas of how to grow up in this world. So I think it's just a wonderful tradition.
1: Lots of options. You know, like I am surrounded by women who have made lots of different life choices. And so she can see... You know, like I can be anything I want to be because in front of me, all these women I love who have amazing lives have all chose a lot of different paths. Sure. And so it's, um, I think that that's really beautiful. Yeah. Um, and again, just going back to, you know, the ritual part, I think sometimes, especially with our kids, you know, a lot of this for me, when I plan this for her, it's about her growing into herself and everything. But. I also think as a parent and as an adult who loves a child to stop and actually tell them Mm -hmm. how much you love them and that you see who they are, I think sometimes as parents, we're like, oh, my kids know, or I tell them. And I'm like, when did you tell them? Oh, they know, because I drive them to practice. (laughs) You know, like it's so much more than just
0: they need to explicitly hear, hear it. it
1: yes they do um
0: especially if the kids love language happens to be words i don't even know what is cameron's love language i
1: think she's more about she's um, quality time she, a little bit of acts of service too yeah. i think that she's kind of just in that more uh hands-on way. and
0: every human being needs to have this happen like get a blessing from the community which we none of us ever get yeah. um, but uh Yeah, especially if your kid is uh, words of affirmation, it'll be even more powerful than it would otherwise.
1: And that's why for me, it's a gift that I know I love to give or I love to structure because I'm not the only one giving the gift that day. But because words are super important to me and with my girls, I need for them to not just maybe understand how I feel about them or what I see. I need to not only do I tell them, but I write it down.
0: So you may have just said this, but um, when I got kicked out of the room because uh-huh. I'm not a girl, um, You're a girl, how did you set it up for like just the energy of uh, the people? Like, why are we here? So again, what did, what did you say?
1: Most people there, this is our third time. Yeah, because you know?
0: we did Maddie and then JC. And, and then, then no.
1: and there's a few different people like Jess and Noreen and sure. Nancy, you know, who are uh, new to this group. But what I uh, say is I, you know, say we're here to support Cameron and to offer her some words. And I, you know, I say to Cameron, I'm like, you know, exactly what you said. I am here and you know, I'm here, meaning that I am telling you, you can come to me with anything. And we've already had plenty of those experiences I said but all these women in front of you and surrounding you they're here too Mm -hmm. so if you you know have a question or you want to you know you you need support or you want an idea all these women are here for you and they want to be here for you and you know JC wrote a lovely letter to her too and read it and basically said I'm here you know I've I've been through the grades you're coming up into and I'm happy to help you and she gave her a bunch of books and you know even her sister was really lovely about you know I'll be here for you. And then I, then I read a few things that, um, Cameron had written when she was young. Mm-hmm. Um, because Cameron's very, um, words probably are two or th- it's number two or three. Cause she's always been very, uh, good with words. Yeah. Um, she, she, when she was about seven or eight years ago, she wrote this thing about, um, being a person of peace and why it's just funny. It's written by such a young kid. It's like some people don't get it. Yeah. Some people don't understand the message of peace in, you know, just, I, we framed it. And then there was another thing she wrote when she was in kindergarten. It was all phonetic spelling and it was about how to trust your specialness and the the last line of it was so lovely because it said you know if you if you like this life then do it if you don't love your life then don't live like that mm. And it's all phonetically spelled. Yeah. You know, it's just so wise. Yeah. Um, and our kids do stuff like that all the time, either through their artwork or through their dance or through their writing or through their athletics. And we have to... Like, so when you're
0: saying our kids, you're talking about collectively. Collectively,
1: not just my yeah. children. I mean, all of your children, you know, we've got to recognize it though. Sometimes our kids do things and we're like, yep. Yep. And we got to t- stop yep. and say, this is powerful. So, um, so that was Cameron's party. Okay. So that's quick take. number. And one.
0: then we did a video at the end to kind of close it up. Yes.
1: 13 years nice. of beautiful pictures. What's
0: quick take number two. So
1: quick take number two, I'll be much more brief, but our friend, uh, Alexander Solomon, uh, Dr. Solomon p- posted something today and, um, you know, Todd and I aren't going to focus today's show around what happened last week in Santa Fe um, uh, too much, but I do want to comment on this because... Obviously, if you listened to our show last Friday, where Todd and I are talking a lot more about uh, the organization we belong to, which is Moms Demand Action, and you know, we're talking a lot more about common sense gun laws, and you know, just really trying to figure out a way to um, make an impact here, right? For all of us to recognize that we all want the same thing, and how can we come together and make this happen? But one of the issues that was brought up by Dr. Solomon was this boy, who um, you know committed this crime and this tragedy, uh, one of the things that they've they've now reported is that one of the girls who he um, did shoot was a girl he had been pursuing and that he was interested in. And a lot of people, including this girl's mom, said he had been pursuing her for some time and wouldn't let up. And uh, the, just a week before this incident occurred, she had stood up to him and said, stop it. I Enough. And... Why this is important is in this post that Dr. Solomon, you know, wrote, we have to, one of the things we have to teach our boys is um, if you are interested in a girl and you are so bold enough and so brave enough to put yourself out there and say, I'm interested in you, or will you go out with me? And they say no, that, you know, the, the, the post she wrote, it's like, well, then what do you do next? What do you do next if a girl rejects you?
0: Uh, depending on who's answering, some boys, oh, well, you keep trying until you until you get what you want.
1: That is, I think, what our society tells
0: boys. I don't think it's a think. I think that is what our society tells boys. And
1: that's what every movie tells boys. Yep. But Todd, if you are in your healthy masculine and a girl says, I'm not interested in you, what do you do?
0: You stop pursuing.
1: Correct. And we don't talk to our boys about this. It doesn't mean that you can't maybe approach it later or try to become friends with this girl first, or maybe say, you know what? I'm going to lay off for a little bit and maybe I'll ask her to the next dance and yeah. maybe she won't be interested again and then I'll let go. It doesn't mean that you have to, but we have this thing about this. I am deserving of this.
0: Yeah. I am. This is my right. This.
1: this is my right. And,
0: and with a disregard to any woman's rights. Correct. Yeah. And it's something that I believe very strongly in. And I happened to teach a bunch of eighth graders last week and, um, about some of this stuff. And it just tells me that we have a long way to go.
1: So the two sides to it are this, the first side is the, you know, when a boy is rejected or just turned down. You know, they will feel it as a rejection and they may be sad. And as their parents, we need to offer them, you know, some support and Mm -hmm. say, yes, this does hurt. Heartbreak Mm -hmm. hurts. It hurts in fifth grade. It hurts in seventh and it hurts in high
0: school. Well, somehow this boy was taught that this is okay, and that his value is predicated on his ability to get girls. Exactly. And that is not our value is not based upon that. But it's, once again, the lies that were sold growing up.
1: And this, you know, not only is his value based on that, but that he is somehow has a right to it. Deserving. As if it's a one-sided issue. Like if I want you, then I should be able to get you and you should be interested in me just because of this. And again, we don't know his thinking. I don't want to assume, but this also happened, uh, was it in San Bernardino? There was another tragedy and the kid who did it, Uh, made a video of saying this is to all the girls who have rejected me basically as if they were deserving because they weren't interested. And this is, we have to talk to our boys about that they can handle rejection. They can handle it.
0: So resource, um, watch The Mask You Live In. It's on Netflix. It's um, It's a wonderful 90 minute, 120 minute, whatever it is. A portrayal about how these boys are getting railroaded into teach they're being taught a lie
1: and how this then impacts the whole world definitely women definitely minorities definitely i mean this is well,
0: and it, it, such a huge piece of the puzzle and ourselves and ourselves as men yeah. like this is not a healthy way to go through life so it's, it impacts every single human being on this planet, the idea of this toxic masculinity. yeah And yes, I'm going to use that word toxic, even though some of my friends say, isn't it just toxic behavior? Why do you have to attach it to masculinity? Well, sorry, guys. That's just the way I feel.
1: Well, and it's, it's more than that, Todd. Why can't we say what it is? It's it's masculine behavior run toxic. It doesn't mean all men are toxic. Yeah,
0: there's also healthy masculinity. There's mature masculinity. What we saw uh, in Texas last week was toxic masculinity uh, personified. To, to a tragic point.
1: Exactly, and the last th- thing I'll say is for girls, you know, what can we teach them? The thing you don't wanna say to girls is when they are being chased by boys or when their hair is being pulled by a boy or when they're being pushed down by a boy and they're little, to say to them, well, that boy just likes you. Mm-hmm. Because as girls, we can't, we can't at a young age start to believe, or we can because we're told this all the time, but that if a boy is mean to us, cruel to us, pushes us down or hurts us, then it means that he's interested in us. That's not a great message either. So even and and for all the moms and dads out there who have said that, you guys, I've been on the verge of saying that too mm-hmm. because I've had all my daughters come home and say, "Oh, at recess, they stole my shoe, or a boy took this, or the boy standing by." Uh, Skylar just said a couple weeks ago, "The boy standing behind me and you know in this performance yeah. was pulling my hair." And there's part of my like 1980s upbringing that wants to go, "Well, he just likes you," and that's not a great message.
0: So what do you say? What did you say to Skylar when she said that?
1: Uh, yeah, I just asked more questions about it. Like, um, you know, did it hurt? And mm-hmm. she's like, No, but it's annoying. And I'm like, so maybe you can just move over a little bit, kind of like, Obviously, there's many things she could do. She could turn around and say, please don't do that. Yeah. She could move over. But the, I did. it wasn't really about what to say. No. It's about don't say, yeah, it's well, he not likes saying you. That, right. right. So those are my quick takes, Toddy. All right,
0: sweetie. Good job on the quick takes. Well, thank you. Um, intersectionality. So
1: first I'm going to read because, um, you know, as Todd did last week, let's just have a basic understanding of what this means. And then I'm going to have Todd play a video that I think gives a better definition than, you know, a little more... Um, uh, easy to understand definition, but intersectionality is the interconnected nature of social category categories. Can can you say that word? For categories. Me? Categorizations.
0: Categorization.
1: Such as race, class, gender, um, and they're regarded as uh, they create an overlapping and interdependent system of discrimination or disadvantage. Um, so that's a very like you know Oxford Dictionary kind of definition, but. Um, basically intersectionality intersectionality theory asserts that people are, are often disadvantaged by multiple sources of oppression for, you know for example, you know part may be your race, part may be your gender, your sexual orientation, your gender identity, religion um, and that so sometimes for we have to take that into consideration when we're talking about oppression when we're talking you know when we talk about as I talked about last week on the show, you know when we say, well all women feel this, Well, a lot of times the statistics or the information that we're relaying about all women, and I'm putting that in quotes, doesn't include women of color, Mm -hmm. or it doesn't include women who identify as lesbian or bisexual or transgender. It doesn't include women who aren't able-bodied, maybe somebody who lives in a wheelchair. You know, what is their experience with this? Um, It doesn't include someone who, you know, has a different religious affiliation. And again, the thing that is super important about this discussion is for people listening, they may say, well, oh, this is hard for me, or I don't know how to relay all that information, or I don't know how to take that all into consideration. We can do it. yeah. And it may...
0: Go back to school for a half hour and do some research.
1: Yeah. And when I say we can do it, I don't mean we can do it perfectly. I have a very, I have a feeling Todd and I are not going to do this perfectly. Sure. Meaning that just by the nature of of me being conscious of what intersectionality is there is no way i can speak for all women because i am a white cisgender woman.
0: What's cisgender mean?
1: Cisgender means I identify with the gender that I came in with, okay. you know, I, I came in uh, biologically and physically as a woman and I also feel like a woman internally. So yeah. I'm cisgender. I'm also heterosexual. Um, I am also, there's a lot of about my experience that is very normative. Mm-hmm. And so for me to speak for all women, I may be speaking for possibly, and I don't even know if this is the case, but the majority of women, but probably not right. because i that's not really true. I think it's the normal what we call typical. yeah, and but there's i am I can't speak for women of color. Right. I can and and so just by knowing that allows me to be a better listener, mm-hmm. to read more, to understand more about other people's experiences. so I can speak in a more. Um, uh, a, a bigger way. Like, right. here's my experience, but here's somebody else's experience. Or just shut up for a while and listen to someone else's
0: experience. Right. It makes sense? It does.
1: So why don't you play that clip? All
0: right. So this is one minute. It's from a, I think, is this an MTV show or is this a YouTube show? Yeah. So
1: actually the two girls who are doing this, um, they're actually known as, um, you know, they're so young, but they're known as girls who talk about intersectionality and feminism all the time, Um, Francesca Ramsey and Lacey Green. Mm -hmm. So they are on MTV, but they also, I think they have a YouTube presence, et cetera,
0: so. So, uh, and it says braless, I think it's from.
1: That's that's the show because they're talking about, you know, for women, it's about feminism, but this show happens to be about intersectionality and explaining it. So
0: here's 60 seconds
2: help with those first two questions, but maybe not the last one? Intersectionality means looking at the intersections of people's
3: identities. It's a type of feminism that looks at how women of different backgrounds experience oppression.
2: So, for all you sciencey babes out there, it's basically shining a light through a prism to look at all the different wavelengths. Yeah, we're all women, but it's not enough to just look at the white light. Our background and our identities and the issues that are affecting us are very diverse, just as diverse as the colors of the rainbow.
3: Women of color, trans women, lesbians, bisexual women, asexual women, women women with disabilities, women with mental illness, old women, young girls, diverse body types, poor women, immigrant women, there's so
2: many women! And basically every woman that the mainstream feminist movement has a bad habit of leaving behind. From its wee beginnings, the feminist movement is focused mostly on the issues of middle-class white ladies. Which is
3: leaving out a lot of women.
2: How can a movement for women really be effective without addressing the needs of all women? Oops, it can't. And that's why intersectionality is important. Without it, it's not really feminism. Feminism is for everyone. So how can we get our intersectional... All
1: right. Okay. So what I love about this generation coming up is how comfortable they are with all of this language. Maybe not everybody. I don't want to be too like, you know, paint this with a too wide of brush, but... My students, um, my college students who talk about this very openly, intersectionality, some of them understand it very well, and some of them are on a learning curve. But the ones who understand it really well, they explained it to me this semester, and we talked about it a lot this semester. And they're just so comfortable with the idea of inclusivity and what intersectionality means to them. Like One of my students who did her presentation on this you know, she got really deep into it. Like a lot of times people refer to her as an Asian American and she's like, I'm actually a Filipino American. Like I'm, I am not, sometimes everybody gets lumped into Asian.
0: Yeah. And think about how big of a continent Asia is. Exactly. <laughs> and she's
1: like, I am Filipino. Like, and she's like, and I'm not saying that to be difficult. I'm saying that so you understand who I am. Well,
0: it's kind of like our laziness, like Chinese, Japanese, Filipino, like Indian. whatever, let's just, let's just call them Asian. <laughs> right. Like I don't want to know any different
1: right and think about how different all of those cultures are korean right you know it, it's we it we not only is it thoughtful and just respectful yeah. to the person we're talking to but then we get a deeper understanding of who they are so her presentation was about filipino american being um you know she um sexuality. She identifies as bisexual. She obviously identifies as a woman. She So she kind of went through her process. And then after she went through each of these things, it's like, okay, now I feel like I know you. Mm -hmm. So do you see how we can connect better?
0: Yeah. It's a vehicle for connection.
1: It is. So it's like, okay, you just gave me so much important information about you. So when I talk to you- Now
0: we got something to work off of. Now
1: we got something to work off of. So you guys, just for, because she- uh, handed out this social identity wheel in mm. class so we could all go through it mm. and, you know, go through what we are or how we identify. Um, and these are all the things you, to consider. And there probably is more, but this is the wheel race, ethnicity, socioeconomic class, your gender, your sexual orientation, your age obviously that plays a role, your first language, your physical, emotional, and your developmental ability, um, your religion or spiritual affiliation. So when we're talking about women, mm-hmm. all of those things are taken into consideration sure. with how a woman identifies. I actually found this great, actually, I didn't find it. Um, Mimi from Team Zen found it and told me about it. Um, it's this podcast that Reese Witherspoon created. I think it's called Hello Sunshine, How It Is. Mm-hmm. Um I'm confused. I think Hello Sunshine is the production company. Sometimes it's sometimes we use too much language where I'm not quite sure what they're saying. Right. But I think the podcast is called How It Is. And basically it is um, women telling their stories. And so they'll have like a, a theme like anger or, um, you know, you know masculinity and how they've experienced that or um you know helping each other or I can't even I listened to all of them this weekend but and then they'll have two or three stories from women with the woman telling the story about her experience with these things mm-hmm and it was great like and one of the stories was about it was about the me too movement and and one of the women who told her stories was a woman who's been in a wheelchair for mm-hmm. a long time interesting and about how she this gray area of me too how she's never been catcalled she's never been like looked looked as she feels that she's never been looked at as being sexual mm-hmm. she feels that she's been like she was t- she tells a story in her story on the podcast about how she went out with a group of guys and a group of women and she was kind of interested in this guy and she kind of thought maybe he was interested. And then they were kind of all splitting off for the night and he's like, you know, the, the, ratio isn't correct here. We don't have the same men to women.
0: So she wasn't even counted as a woman.
1: Correct. And she was like, well, wait a second. We have the same. And he goes, no, you don't count. He actually said to her, you don't count because she's in a wheelchair and he didn't view her.
0: As somebody that he could hook up with or whatever. Exactly.
1: So she feels like in the Me Too movement, she's like, and and again, hold your hat for this one. She's like, I would do anything to be catcalled. Oh, wow. Interesting. Right. right. And she's like, so when all these women are saying this is horrible, Mm -hmm. she's like, I haven't been looked upon. As a sexual being, ever, and so the idea of having, she goes. So when I read these, you know, these posts of people saying this is so horrible, she's like, I have moments of, I would do anything to be looked at as a sexual being. So now you may say, well, that's so messy. Yes. Yeah. This this whole thing is messy. messy. Just
0: by its by its definition, by its creation, it's like subtle nuanced things between this and that
1: yes so So that's so that's the conversation so again the podcast again how it is i have
0: a paragraph on it oh good please read hello sunshine it's hello sunshine.com hello sunshine is on a mission to change the narrative for women founded by reese witherspoon we're a media brand anchored in storytelling creating and discovering content that celebrates women and puts them at the center of the story tell big stories Big and small, funny stories, complex stories, those that shine a light on where women are at right now and those that help chart a new path forward.
1: And so some of the women I had never heard of before, and many of them are famous women. So it's kind of like you're getting stories from every type of woman that's out there, or, you know, they're just getting started. Mm. So, you know, there'll be a lot more to come. So I guess um, what I, the, probably the most important thing, and I think I've said this like two or three times is just recognizing the differences between us. And this is male and female, or however you identify. Like That when we say, you know, Todd and I, we're very aware, or we're becoming more aware of who we are and how we, just by the nature of being who we are, we can't speak for everybody. Mm -hmm. And that we are also going to often defer to our experience and maybe even say things like, oh, men and women, but really it's just our experience. Right. I can't speak for all women, even the women who are very similar to me in all of these categories. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a you lot have of a whole men-
0: different yeah. lens.
1: Whole different lens, because why? Because of their life experience. Um, one thing, this is not exactly intersectionality, but it, it kind of bothered me last week. Of course, after the tragedy, In Santa Fe, there was a lot of, again, back and forth on social media about what we need to do, um, as if we're getting somewhere with all this social networking back and forth. But maybe it does something. I don't know. But one person that I happened to be reading who I knew, she was like, you know, listen, you know, it's not about gun laws. It's about the fact, you know, she brought up mental illness. She's like, because I had a family member who was shot. And she was shot by someone in our family who was mentally ill. Therefore, this issue is only a mental illness issue. Okay. First of all, I will say it's a tragedy no matter what. And I feel so much pain for her that her family had to go through that. Like, I don't want to not acknowledge how horrible that is. But that was your experience. And it doesn't mean that's the case for every single person and family. We can hold our experience as truth and say, in my life, This happened and it was real. So I learned more about mental wellness or I learned more about someone who's struggling. Maybe they shouldn't have access to guns because they were struggling and we learned that in our family. But that doesn't mean your story applies to everybody else. And that doesn't mean that we should base every law and decision on your one family's situation. And I
0: think that's where we get into trouble, whether whether you're talking about sexism or racism or whatever. Like, you know, most... I don't know, maybe self-proclaimed racist or somebody, a normal person would identify as a racist viewpoint. They probably have an experience where they can pull something up and they're like, well, of course this race is bad because my brother got mugged by this type of person. Correct. And it's, while that may be true, that's in an individual perspective. That's, that's not all. That's not all. And that's, that's, I mean that's what it's this is all about it's the wholeness it's to be empathic empathy is not is not viewing the view is not viewing the world through our own lens it's viewing it through as many others as we possibly can and it's a muscle that you need to build and it's certainly not an easy one but one that we can absolutely do
1: and that and again that we can hold both as truth mm-hmm. if you were mugged or hurt by someone that is true and that was painful But that doesn't then become a they, and us against them. It's not like because this person of this certain race or this certain gender or this, you know, of this community hurt me. That means all people who look like them or live in the same area will hurt me.
0: That's where those pronouns are dangerous. They sure are. As soon as you say they, um, it's it's no longer we. As long as, as soon as there's a, Division yeah. between this entity and that entity—that's when you get in trouble. You know, that picture, that beautiful picture from standing on the moon and you look at the big blue planets, yeah. this big blue marble. And I don't know for some reason that visual helps me. Like we're all a, we're all human beings. I know. First and foremost, yeah, we don't need to divide the way we do.
1: And again, when Todd's even saying it, it sounds almost cliche. Like we've been hearing this our whole sure. lives. But because I know Todd's done so much deep work around this, it means something bigger. Like, you know what movie Todd watches all the time? He watches Apollo 13. Oh, yeah. And I think it's probably for those reasons, like what, um, you know, what you see when you're up in the air and Mm -hmm. what, you know, up in the atmosphere like that. And the experience of looking back on the earth and recognizing that, you know, these all these silly things that we do, all these silly things we do to divide. And a lot of it, you have to have an understanding of history and how we got here. You know, like one of my... Um Challenges since I was in my twenties, and you know, I've always worked with, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I've always worked with the Latino population. You know, I worked with in a lot of ESL, and I worked in a lot of, um, front with a lot of frontline employees. And that when I was in, you know, I've told you guys this before. My dad's um, business was all around migrant communities. We, I was a teacher for the migrant communities' children. So this has been my life. You know, this has been where um, I've dedicated a lot of my energy, and. It's been interesting once I became a social worker, and I would talk to people about what I do, and they would have um, kind of the mentality of, "Well, that community or these people could be doing better if they would just work harder." Okay, which would always make me laugh because it, the communities I worked with—I'm not even going to try and generalize and say all people mm-hmm. of Latino heritage, or you know, because yeah. then again, I'm, right. I'm You're doing the same. Then thing. I'm doing the same thing, but. I've never worked with a hard harder working community than mm-hmm. the people I've worked with And my college students. Right. What do I tell you about my college students? Cause a lot of my students at Dominican are, uh, you know, of Latino descent, they work a full-time job. They're often in a sport. Um, they are very committed to their communities and then they're in school full time. Yeah. And then they're in my 8:30 AM class yeah. exhausted. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm, I'm experiencing this. And then when I have people approach me and say, well, you know, they wouldn't need this or they, 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 whatever community they're referring to, if they would just work harder. And what people don't understand is what they were given at birth. You know, we've talked about this a million times, how oftentimes when we come into the world and we... Have our what's the phrase that Annie always gives us? We we came in and we
0: born on third base, thinking we hit a triple.
1: Correct. We were born on third base with all of this um, access, just by the nature of the color of our skin, or what community we were born into, or what family we were born into, and all this. And we think we're working harder. Mm-hmm. And it and here's where I want to balance this. We are working hard. We are, you know, like it's but not. But the
0: minute you say harder, you're comparing, and all yes. of a sudden we're dividing. Correct. Well, it's kind of like uh, we interviewed Sarah and Diane last week. Yes. And Sarah is is in these underserved communities yes. on a daily basis. Correct. So when somebody's like, "Well, if they just worked harder in that community," and this is exactly what you're saying, it's just another example. Correct. She's like, "You don't understand. These people are working their butts off. Correct. To try to keep their community safe. It's just so overwhelming. Yes. Of the." depression, you know, the, the financial depression in the communities and no options and all that. It's, it's, you're, they're fighting a battle that's very hard to win, but they're fighting.
1: They're fighting at the media attention isn't there for them or it is, but in a negative way, like that's my students, my students who, um, this semester and many semesters before African-American students who grew up in certain communities that were, were very challenged or, or had gang issues. And these were kids who were, as even as like adolescents, as young adults, we're already trying to take back their streets. We're already doing things in their neighborhoods and playing a role in being a solution. Mm. And then you know, and, and doing their best to get to school, to Wasn't get into there school.
0: one of your students, um, that was like doing that. Like it was like a neighborhood watch thing. Do you have any idea what I'm referring yes, to? I do.
1: And he actually, what he started doing, because there was a girl, and this is in the same community that, um, Sarah was talking about where she was doing a lot of her work in back of the yards mm-hmm. and that they did. Um, there was, again, there's so many stories like this and I don't, I, I don't have the names okay. and the specifics, but um, a, a girl was shot mm. and it was during the day, I believe. So it was a little like it, the violence had already gotten to to an extreme, but this was pretty shocking. And he put something together where um, at night these younger gentlemen would stay up mm. and would watch the streets. Mm. And by, mind you, there's mothers doing that too in that community. Sure. There's mothers who are staying up and watching the streets, yeah. like literally saying, I'm on watch. Yeah. And so even though we're not giving them the name recognition they deserve right now, we're right. going to work hard on that, though. Yeah. That's that's something we're going to try and make sure that we're acknowledging what these people are doing. Um, but so for you to say they're not trying to get their community through this or that they're not trying to be part of the solution because you're just looking at the whole or you're listening well, to sound bites. Yeah,
0: they're watching the news, the, the local 10 o'clock news, and they just see the the impact of the bad deeds Correct. and they don't see the hard work that's happening in these communities and you know i'm i'm not walking the streets in these underserved communities so i'm slowly building an awareness through interviewing people like sarah and kind of the stories you're telling me about your students yeah. at dominican
1: yeah and uh, you know this is why, you know, Todd and I a while ago went to see Brian Stevenson Brian Stevenson um, in Evanston. And we, you know, love his TED talk and anything he does, we try and, you know, be a part of. But he basically explained to everybody the only way that we're gonna understand the, the racial injustice that we experience, the only way that we're gonna understand um, how to relate to all people mm-hmm. is proximity. Yep. We have to play a we have to know. It's not just about viewing something through the news or hearing stories from other people. We have to know these
0: people. Well, and this is something that I am trying to work on and I'm not doing a very good job. I have a men's group and, you know, I don't know, 90% of it is Caucasian. Yeah. Um, so very few men of color. And it's like, I don't know, it's because... I live where I live, it's hard to connect with the people because we live in a suburb that's mostly white.
1: We Well, Chicago, by nature, is known for being pretty segregated. Yeah. And not because everybody chooses that necessarily, but because of the way that the lines had been drawn mm. a long time ago. I mean, that's the other thing, is understanding the history of how we got where we are. Yeah. This A lot of this... Um, you know, divisiveness was set into place through laws yep. and through by design, know, gentrification yep. and through, you know, like there's a if you understand the history, not just of our communities, but of where you live and just the history, yep. um, you understand that to blame the people who are oppressed for their oppression you know, like it's, we, we all play a role in this. And, and the first step, again, let me pull it back to, you know, what we're talking about is at least recognizing
0: our privilege yep.
1: and people step get very one. uncomfortable with that. And I know, but you guys, it's not about, you have to feel bad about I'm not about privileged.
0: It. I work hard.
1: And you do work hard. You can hard work
0: hard and, and be, privileged. be privileged. I worked two jobs in high school. Yes. Yes but does that mean that you weren't born on third base thinking that you had a trouble? Trouble, yes. Yes. We should go to the second clip.
2: Yes, so
1: uh, please do, go ahead.
2: Let's do this. Equal pay. All right, so the not intersectional perspective would be women make 78 cents to every man's dollar. Right,
3: because that's really only what white women make compared to the man's dollar. The intersectional approach would be that black women get paid 68 cents to the man's dollar and then Hispanic women make 54 cents.
2: Boom. All right, birth control and abortion access.
3: Okay, so the not intersectional approach would be, women should have the right to choose what's right for her, which sounds pretty good, right?
2: Right, but intersectional approach, the poor can't always make a choice that's right for them if it's not actually affordable or within reasonable reach. So class, race, and gender presentation all affect someone's access to reproductive health care. All right, last one
3: street harassment.
2: Mmm, okay, so non-intersectional would be women have a right to exist in public without being harassed.
3: And the intersectional approach would be women and LGBT folks all experience elevated levels of street harassment, and they have a right to exist in public without being harassed, too. Street harassment is often motivated by sexism, homophobia, and transphobia, which are all connected.
2: Strip away all the fancy language, and all we're really talking about is looking out for each other. And nobody's gonna be
3: perfect. It's okay to make mistakes. The key is to make an honest effort to keep educating ourselves so we can keep moving forward. Which is-
1: yep. That's the key and let me say Todd and I are and will always be for our entire lifetimes in the midst of education yeah because every time you meet someone who is different than you or who has a different life experience your world expands and you open up to new ideas I mean how often have we said you know like um, my friends who their children have come out and then they have this totally better understanding of the LGBTQIA plus community where they're like okay now I get this or you know um, a uh, let me see, or a person who, one of my uh, friends who adopts, and maybe adopts a child who has a different racial background. And so then they have a better understanding, you know, they have a better understanding of what a child may experience when they are a person of color. Well, I
0: just had uh, an interesting kind of perspective. We talked about how your student was Filipino. Uh-huh. And we're like, oh, she's Asian, uh-huh. whatever. It's kind of like the LBTQIA, you just said, mm-hmm. you know, it used to be I don't know, LBT. And then it was LBTQ. Or she's too. gay and lesbian. Or gay and lesbian. Yeah. And now it's like all these different letters. And we're like, God, how many letters do we have to... Like, this is part of the process. Correct. Everybody wants to feel representative. Is it that hard for us to kind of figure out what these acronyms stand for? I don't know what they all stand for. And it's something that we're that I need. You know, I'm trying to call myself out here.
1: So uh, lesbian, mm-hmm. gay, mm-hmm. LGB, bisexual, um, LGBT, transgender, um, Q. Queer? Q, I've heard queer questioning, um, you know, I, depending on who you talk to, I've heard different things. And I think even if you look it up, Todd, it's, gonna, it's, it's, it's gonna different a whole bunch for everybody. Of- um, I, I, okay. I-, I-, a? I know A is um, asexual, I think. Um, and then plus is all the things in between. But like look up I for me because I want to make sure I get
0: it right. Um, let me see if I can find it.
1: Um, but what I will say is, as I mentioned on last week's show. or if I
0: stands would- for intersex.
1: Intersex, okay. And and is A? A
0: stands for asexual, asexual or allied.
1: Or allied, see?
0: And this is from the Chicago Tribune. You know, there's been a probably a thousand different Google yep. searches on it. I have to pull up the Tribune. But yeah, it's... It's interesting.
1: Well, and here's why. What Todd said is the most important thing. Not everybody wants to be seen. Everybody should be seen. If you feel like I I do, in the world that when I am seen and understood, even from my own partner, even from Todd, right here across from me, that he understands me on a really deep level, like how I feel as a woman, how I feel as a human being, how I feel emotionally or how I feel like an introvert or how I feel like a more um, you know, sensitive person and you get that about me, mm-hmm. I feel more connected to you. Right. So then imagine somebody who you know, not only maybe has all those things I just said, but also identifies different sexually or identifies differently gender-wise. They want that to be understood yeah. because if you don't know that about me, then you don't understand me. Yeah. And so imagine children who are having that experience and their parents are like, no, that's not real, or that doesn't exist, or I don't get that, or I don't want to have to understand that. That child right there is like, then we're gonna have like such a distance between us because this is such a big part of who I am. And all we have to do, you guys, we don't have to solve anything. We don't have to, you know, we can, like me, like I learn about this all the time. I teach this and I still have to have Todd look it up for me. It's okay, but I'm willing to look it up.
0: That's the non-perfection part of it.
1: Correct. You, you educate yourself. That's what it means to go back into Stretch Google. yourself. Maybe,
0: yeah. you know, somebody who is just starting out probably doesn't even know what TQ stands for. Right. Um, that's okay.
2: Look now it now right. you
0: do. Now you do. Or And then, you know, it keeps on going on and gets even more pulled apart and stretched out and... And more people want to feel represented. So if like you have a pretty good handle on it, I'm sure there's something more you can learn.
1: Correct. And and I think the thing, the reason that we pull into our shell and we say, this isn't right, or this shouldn't be this way, is we often, this is just normal human behavior. We feel comfortable around people who are very similar to us. It's, you know, why sometimes communities look alike. Yeah. You know, um, there is a feeling of when someone-
0: We all want to belong. We
1: want to belong. And when I see other people or experience other people who look like me or who speak like me, then I feel comfortable comfortable in that community that's there's an okayness in that meaning that there's a belonging but when that then turns to and then what you're doing is wrong Mm -hmm. or my community is the only way and your community is wrong or even worse on that individual level i'm not even willing to get to know you or to listen to you because you're not like me That's where we have a problem. Um, Because the interesting thing is, is the people that you meet who, you know, people our age that we've been able to meet or my students who are so much younger than me or my daughter's friends who are so interesting. And um, when you meet these people, you, your world expands. You like you not only do you have this sense of, wow, there's so much out there than what I knew, then you but you also have the grassroots level, that grounding level of and we're all the same. yeah, like I, they've had life experiences I haven't had where I just am a listener and a participant in in you know, observing them and having them tell me everything, but then I also recognize, oh, that's how I feel. Oh, that's exactly what 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 I experienced personally. So, we we recognize our differences and our similarities at the same time.
0: I'm uh, watching the show. This is us. Yes, and I'm behind. I'm at the end of the first season. So if you are bef- behind, if you're in. Front of me, and you haven't watched the whole first season, you might want to know what I'm about to say. But, um, Randall, so are you
1: giving a, um, a warning that, yeah, they a warning
0: if you don't want to hear? But so, Randall's one of the characters, and he has a father named William, uh-huh. And he just died, okay. And uh, Randall didn't know a whole lot about his dad because he learned about him Later well in into life. his adult mm-hmm. life, and he's preparing the eulogy. And uh, William, and he realized, uh, through different stories, how he his father. Um, connected with these people like the mailman mm-hmm. and uh, this other long lost friend of his, and how William's life he impacted so many people in such a sweet, subtle, positive way by these small gestures, gestures of getting to know somebody. Mm. And I just watched it yesterday, and it was really powerful. I love the show. Um, And I know that most other people, there's a lot of people out there like me, um, but it's soul to soul. It's like whether the person is old or young or black or white or brown, we are all souls traveling around in this body. Correct. And this is
1: our, this is the mask that we wear. And
0: our ego wants to divide Yes, and our soul wants to combine and collaborate. Yes. And I I learned from a TV show, like, you know, our own, our own male lady, I'm starting to slowly get to know her, even though she's been our male lady for a decade. I love Mary. I know you do.
1: But I sit outside and when she brings the mail, I'm always there. So I get to chat with her. But these are, and this is. This is what it's all about. Like this, you know, for those people, I, you know, I talk with a lot of women and men who say sometimes they feel empty or they, their lives don't feel what they thought it would feel like. Or, you know, they have they are married and or and they have children and they have a job, but they still feel empty. It's like venture out there and talk to people.
0: It's about relationships. Relationships. It's not about money. It's not about stuff. It's not about your house. It's not about sexual conquests, guys. It's about. Authentic relationships. As a white man on this planet, um, it's my relationship with my wife. It's a relationship with my kids. It's a relationship with other men um, that
1: are the same and different than you. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, and it's a relationship with myself. Like as you say, it all goes back to relationships. It
1: does. And that's and so when Todd and I on the show talk about what is you know when people try and narrow down what the show is about in regards to parenting. Um, connection and relationship. That's yeah. it. If you can maintain a connection with your children, with your partner, with people who are like you, with people who are different than you, with people who are older, younger, and you see them as human beings that are no different than you, regardless of what they have or where they, you know, it's, 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 we don't need to look up or look down, just look across. Yeah. Like people who maybe have more than us are not better than us. Right. And people who are less than us, we are not better than. We are all doing the same thing it just shows up in different ways and and i know for many of you when i say this it's like well yeah that sounds good it really is what it is mm. we've just messed it up yeah we've just have a lot a lot of programming and a lot of belief systems and a lot of fears that keep us from from you know understanding this but i want to end with two things really quick todd because i know we only have a few minutes So what can we do? We only got through the first one. Recognize our differences and examine privilege. Um, Avoid oversimplified language. This is what Todd and I are working on in this show, is not saying all women, all men, or thinking that he and I understand what all groups are experiencing we definitely are going to talk about our experience, but we're also going to acknowledge that it may not be the truth for yeah. all people and that we honor that that's not a, well, it should be our way. Right. We honor everybody's way. Um, but, but you and I only have an expertise in our own life. Right. So on the show, uh, we'll do our best to be, um, not perfectly cause we don't do it perfectly, but do our best to be inclusive, yes. um, to seek other people's point of view and to listen to each other. This is exactly what Todd was just saying about William. Like, get out there man mm-hmm. talk to the people in when you're in line at the grocery store talk to your friends or your kids friends and not in an annoying like talk to me you must be with me but just be a kind human yeah I saw a shirt and we'll probably sell this at the next conference because our shirts this year said believe believe in the good or yeah. be the good just be a good human mm-hmm. just be a good human being that's simple it's that simple um listen to each other so I'm a talker, as you guys know, and I have to practice shutting up sometimes and not thinking that I know what, even if I've read about it or my students have given a report on it, I don't know what everybody's going through. You know, I got to listen. And then, uh, you know, practice things like for us women feminism practice that through a broader more inclusive lens like it's you know not all women feel the same ask how women of color are experiencing this be open to their experience acknowledge what you don't know um you know you know women of different se- sexual orientation or women who aren't able bodied like let's let's hear their perspective and then of course show up man you know like and this is where you know all all the children who are being harmed um black, brown, Caucasian, you know, young, old, we got to care. These are our children. These yeah. are children. You know, I think a lot of people have said this, but Glennon talks about this a lot. Every kid is our kid. Yeah, It's not if that kid looks like my kid, then I'm sad about it. Every kid is our kid. We can't, it, as individuals, do it all.
0: Well, and we sometimes, uh, you're talking about our kids, I think sometimes we devote too much attention to our own children at the expense of whatever, your daughter's friend or your or somebody you cross on the street. Like we are just so narrowly focused yes. on our little worlds. Yes. And what Kathy and I think are trying to say is Expand. Expand what your world really is.
1: Even if, you know, for some of you you may hear like, "Oh, I'm already so busy already or my life's so full." You don't you don't have to necessarily do. Meaning you don't have to like a lot of times we're like, okay, then what do I do? What do I do? Just be open. Mm. Just read different stories, read different authors, you know, read about other people's experiences in the world. Don't read just people who are just like you. Like that's the books that I love where someone's giving me a perspective. And I want to just, um, say a few names of people that are really working on intersectionality, especially intersectionality in regards to feminism. Um, the two girls of the video you just shared, Francesca Ramsey and Lacey Green, uh, Laverne Cox, Rosario Dawson uh Kimberly Crenshaw who actually did the TED talk in 2016 about intersectionality she's really the person I think who used that word the mm-hmm. first time so Kimberly Crenshaw's TED talk is a must uh Lavia Jai, who you talked about a few weeks ago and I follow her we'll
0: include these on the show notes
1: yes as I'm far just, as resources exactly and I'm just throwing them out there so you guys know these are just like a very short yeah. list. You you put in, you know, experts in intersectionality, start following them mm-hmm. on Facebook, start reading what they're saying, read their books. Like uh, his, I am not very good with his name, Ta- Tenecy Coates.
0: Oh yeah, that guy.
1: You know, when I read his book, you know, Between the World and Me two years ago, I mean, read his writing, understand. It's like, it, it takes a film off your eyes where you're like, wow, I hadn't even recognized that. Yeah. Um, these are Brian Stevenson for that matter and what he experiences. Yeah, you want
0: to get your socks knocked off, watch his TED talk. Yes. 18 minutes and it'll blow you away. And yes. if it doesn't, let me know because <laughs> it will. He's it will. just extremely talented and gifted and introspective and sees the world in a very compassionate way. And that's the thing. You got to. He's what we call a
1: beautiful man.
0: We need role yeah. models. Yeah. He's one of them. Yeah. So, and they're out there. You just got to seek it out instead of like get lost in your. App on your phone. Try something a little different.
1: So let's do this, you guys. Let's. Um, this is part of what our message is of Zen parenting, and and know that we're practicing. We're not the teachers. We're just willing to talk about it, yeah. Um, and share our own uh, challenges or um, lack of perspective, and now opening perspective. Um, join us, and I think it'll help us in all of our relationships. And um, uh, when I say join us, I mean join us in in being willing to recognize these things, right?
0: Can I talk about Team Zen? Sure, go ahead. So Team Zen is a uh, monthly thing that you and I do, my sweetie, um, we do two Zen talks a, uh, a month. it is a live Q;A. It's a Facebook community you get discounts of everything in our Zen store. We actually just did one last Friday We got another one coming up a week from Friday We would love to have you. We're running a special for the month of May where it's uh, free for the first month. I don't know how long we're going to keep that going for but for now it's free so go to uh, our webpage Zenparentingradio.com uh, and look up Team Zen. Uh, and then I do coaching. So if you're a guy out there and you want, uh, to do some goal setting and work on some things and unstick, uh, the parts of your life that you might feel a little stuck on, uh, first session is free. I have a men's group at the tribe men's Do you have anything coming up there, sweetie?
1: Uh, summer. I mean, I do,
0: but most of them are, are, uh, there, there's nothing public I have. Are you ready for the summer? I am. Are you ready for the good times? Yes. Do you know what movie that's from? Yeah. That's
1: from Meatballs.
0: Very good. I know. Bill Murray's first feature film. Yes. Um, And then don't forget about Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty. He does painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Go to avidco.net and he'll treat you right. Um, That's it. Anything else, my darling?
1: That's it. Um, Thank you for listening.
0: And uh, we did the interview last week about Common Sense Gun Law. So if you missed it, because it came out on a Friday, usually our podcasts come out on Tuesdays, go back and listen to it, because these two women are something special, Diane and Sarah. And
1: it's it's two parts.
0: Yes, it is two parts, because it was so good, we needed to speak longer than we usually do.
1: So everybody have a good week. We love you. Um, We're all in this together. Let's take care of each other. And... um, as Todd would say,
0: don't steal my line. I'm not going to keep trucking. Adios. Thanks
1: for listening, everyone. We appreciate you. Remember, you can subscribe to Zen Parenting Radio so you never miss an episode and feel free to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find us.
0: Do you want more Zen Parenting? Check out Team Zen. It's a $25 monthly subscription where you get two live Zen talks with an opportunity to ask Kathy and I questions live. If you can't join us live you can still access all zen talks through the team zen podcast app you'll have access to all previous zen talks connect with like-minded people through our private facebook page we have a book club and get discounts on everything that we have to offer
1: Interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. While you're there, check out our upcoming events, or you can purchase one of my three books.
0: Guys, want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationship with loved ones? I have good news. I coach guys. We can talk in person, by phone, or FaceTime. You choose. First session is free. And if you're in Chicagoland, contact me about the tribe. It's a men's group, and it's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters.
1: If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by going through the Amazon link under Support Us on our homepage. It doesn't cost you a thing, but we get a small commission from Amazon.
0: Finally, I want to give special thanks to our two foundation partners, the Tree of Life Chiropractic Care and Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thank you for your love and support, and keep on trucking.